Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. Let's welcome in uh, really one of the legends of sports that probably isn't in the headlines all the time. But if you know sports and you deep dive in sports, whether it's baseball, football, uh, Tom House joins us right now. And I, I guess the best way to, to ask you about this uh, to start things off, are, are you a baseball guy or are you a football guy? Because a lot of folks know you about Drew Brees and Tom Brady these days. Yeah, I'm a baseball guy that just kind of stumbled into the football stuff. I'd like to say it was well planned out. But I'm pure and simple baseball. We're going to talk a little bit about both sports uh, because we've got a big thing going on in Jacksonville right now. Jags oh, yeah. have the number two pick. They might get Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Quarterbacks are top of mind uh, in this town. So I want to ask you a little bit about it. But I'm a baseball guy through and through. And now you're venturing into a new world of, of analytics and sports that, that you haven't been in before, I don't think. Uh, tell us about this new Mustard app that you guys have, what it's all about. And, and kind of who it could benefit. Thanks for setting me up perfectly on this. What we're after is trying to democratize the information and instruction that the elite athletes get when they come in and work with me in the lab and, you know, with strength testing and male emotional evaluation and nutrition and sleep recovery. We're looking for a way to access that same quality of information and instruction to the moms and dads of teenagers or pre-adolescents. And Mustard looks like it's going to be that vehicle. I'm really excited about it. You are talking to me. I know I'm interviewing you, but I've got two kids, a softball, baseball player, freshman in high school. And so there are a lot of people that are watching this, listening to it, that are a lot like me. I mean, uh, in, in the same boat. And there is so much information out there. And we grew up in a world where it's like, hey, go play the game the right way. Lay down a bunt here or there. Now, all of a sudden, it's you better hit home runs. You better run fast, throw hard, exit velocity. And we're all trying to figure out what this means. Yeah. Um, so do you find that a lot with right now people in, in my age group, parents, really are like, what is? what do we do with all this information? Yeah, it's information overload. And everybody that, you know, you pick up, in the media anywhere, whether it's social media or this vehicle we're on right now and TV and whatever, everybody is an expert. And what you have to be careful of is you have to follow why would they call themselves an expert and what are their science-based, what's their science-based data? Does it actually make sense? And we put together a team with Mustard where we're basically measurable, quantifiable, and deliverable with what we, when we identify a problem, we can actually come up with a solution that a mom and a dad, an 11 or a 12 year old, a, a 13 to an 18 year old, a pro guy or a college guy or gal can actually, depending on their window of trainability, get personally adaptive quality information and instruction that will help them perform and stay healthy. That's kind of like the description in the mission statement of the mustard group. Do you, uh, you obviously believe in the, in the numbers. I mean, so the numbers mean something. We just got to do the right thing with it, right? Yes. And, you know, you've been around long enough to know that you can make numbers support anything. If you have a confirmation bias that says this in today's world, you can find numbers to support that. We're kind of neutral. We kind of think of us as kind of like 
the Swiss of sports, where we'll, we'll make ball bearings for everybody. We don't argue with anybody. We don't point fingers and say you're right or wrong. But we put our stuff out there as a compliment to it's statistically validated, you know, with a 97% confidence interval within two standard deviations. So I don't know if you're aware, but I go all the way back as a player and a coach to the beginning of sabermetrics. I actually had, had a book I wrote called The Diamond of Praise that was about the same time that Bill James started his stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually very cognitive, very aware of how important analytics and numbers are. But there has to be a balance between that and the chemistry of human beings talking like you and I are right now. Yeah. And so does that mean you would have kept Blake Snow in the game? I'll tell you what. <laughs> let's not be political right now and just say, you know, the odds would say, I'm sure you can find an analytics that will support yes or no across the board. <laughs> you are who you are, right? You are who you are. Down. And the Rays got a long way of being who they are. Uh, for sure. I'm going to tell everybody about where you can find mustard and, and on the website and the apps and, uh, you know, I'll do that and give all the information out. Uh, but if I well, walk me through it for a moment, if I'm signing up right now and I'm, I'm the dad of, of two kids that love playing ball and I'm trying to figure out and navigate, what will I find? What will I find useful for me from a number standpoint, uh, that won't give me overload? Yeah. What you'll find, and remember the first go round, our, our first app literally is for throwing mechanics for a pitcher and then we're going to follow it quickly with throwing mechanics for anybody football softball whatever follow it with hitting and then all swing and strike like golf um, whatever it might be so with the pitching app you know you log in you fill out your personal history so we get your age specific point in time uh, you know where you are biologically versus chronological age if there's a couple more questions in there that will allow us, you know, what if you have a, an injury, uh, an injury history, do you, are you a year round single sport person? Do you play most, multiple sports? Then you would go out in your backyard or if you had access to a field, um, film your, your son and or your daughter, um, at a couple of angles, send, send that on the app up into the cloud. And within a minute, you get an analysis back that identifies the, we have 11 variables that are weighted in, in terms of importance. And, you know, it's a pass fail. You get a little report card on those. And where you have issues, there will actually be, you need, okay, here you have like a balance and posture issue. Here's two or three drills you can do to fix. Let's retest in three weeks to a month. So that's what it boils down to. And you can share it with their friends, you can share it with, you know, your peer group as parents or coaches. Uh, it's very interactive. And again, uh, I couldn't be more proud of what the really smart people in this organization have done to get my 50 years of learning uh, out to where it's actually a deliverable. But let me just ask you about uh, the QBs quickly uh, because okay. it really hit home around here. Is there a common ground uh, between the greats uh, in their throwing mechanics and the in mechanics and the science of it, uh, of what GMs and personnel people should be looking for um, in today's young quarterback. Brent, you're setting me up perfectly here. The, the mechanics of the position, everybody looks different doing exactly the same thing. There's 11 of them, but it boils down to timing, kinematic sequencing, 
and then what coaches normally, you know, teach balance and posture, stride momentum, all those kinesthetic terms. So mechanics are very quantifiable and it's available, uh, not everywhere, but if coaches in, on the NFL level want to find it, they can find it, uh, through 3DQB, which is our company and, uh, mechanics are there. The functional strength training, there's a lot of people that are doing very well with functional strength out there. The nutrition and sleep for recovery, also there. And then what we probably aren't getting enough credit for, but we're really good at, is we actually have a mental-emotional component also that is going right along with the mustard app that we're putting out there. But we can actually put what looks like a sweatband on a kid's head and see what's going on with his attention span, his focus, you know, when when he has lost completely with what a call should be or what he's physically doing. So we can measure all four things with this mustard app. And you said about what can a, a front office do to address a quarterback. It physically is pretty upfront, but rolling the dice with what goes on mentally emotionally with these superstar athletes. One thing I can see across the board, but especially in football, they have this overwhelming need, desire, motivation, call it what you want, to get 1% better every day. Like when you're a teenager, you're trying to get 15, 20% better. These elite guys, the one that, that continue to put up numbers, like a Brady and a Breeze into their 40s, um, every day they show up, they're trying to get 1% better. So that expectation level combined with work ethic and commitment, um, I think are what separates, you know, them from everybody else. You want to be the Jags? <laughs> <laughs> it's open. I, I, let me tell you what, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing right now. I, I couldn't be more fulfilled, but thanks for asking anyway. All right, all right. I have two questions. Uh, I have this belief that the kids these days playing quarterback are better in masses than they've ever been playing the position, seven-on-sevens, uh, applications like the, the mustard like you're doing. Um, they have all these tools. So I'm not sitting here saying Brady's better than Montana, all that stuff. I'm just saying the masses of the kids now playing QB feel like they're way better at the position. You don't have to agree with me, um, but are all these tools helping kids be better? Just Yes. Massive? You're very perceptive on what's going on in our world. There's – when I look out at the landscape now, the athletes that are competing anywhere from Little League to the major leagues are so much better than we were at the same age. And it's due to better information and instruction. But there's also the issue, like there always is, is sometimes good intentions with bad information can be very hurtful. So what we're trying to do is find a consensus where we can actually depending on the kid, depending on where his window of trainability is, age-specific, can we put in in his or her hand the same information we're giving our elite guys? And I think we're getting there. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's what mustard application will be able to do. Uh, I want to finish on this before I ask you one last question about the uh, mustard application you're doing. Okay. Thanks for the time. Uh, past, Tom Seaver passed away this year. Right. Uh, when, when people bring up Tom Seaver, Younger people like me, or I share a story or say, hey, go go listen to Tom House tell this story about Tom Seaver. Um, what comes to mind? Well, uh, a quick one. It's probably going to take about a minute. So uh, I was at USC when Tom Seaver was there. So I came from a small school 
in East Los Angeles where I put up some pretty cool numbers. And my first bullpen, I'm throwing, doing everything I can possibly do, and there's this man-child next to me. I'm going, and the ball, the ball's just barely getting to home plate, and this guy next to me is throwing a ripe tomato through a locomotive. And Coach Dato comes up, puts his hand on my shoulder, and said, Tommy House, what do you think of young Tom Seaver? And I, I said, Skipper, if you need me to do that, you got the wrong left-hander. So I knew right away that my little record from La Puente, California, as far as wins and losses are concerned, didn't mean a whole lot at USC. But I found Rod, what Rod said that day was, I don't need you to be Tom Seaver. I need you to be Tom House. You throw your curveball and your changeup, you'll be before the bat. He'll throw his fastball. He'll be behind the bat. Both of you are going to do very well for the Trojans. So Tom Seaver was, if you look at his numbers, even the kids that have never had a chance to even hear his name before, um, he was special. He was one of, and he's one of our models that we use in the app as far as what is going on with the bottom half of a pitcher's body. So it's all good stuff. It, again, it's lucky me being in the consensus of old school and new school and matching it up with technology. I love what you mentioned in terms of not being the get off my lawn guy. This is the way we used to do it. Uh, lastly, about the mustard application, what you guys are doing, where do you see it three years from now, five years from now? I mean, this is just the beginning for what you're doing. If, if I, I'm very optimistic because I know I'm surrounded with some really, really brilliant people. And their projections are, if there are 100 million youth athletes out there in the world right now, normally 80% of them would quit playing sports by age 14. If we can just increase that percentage to where they're playing, say half of them, half of that 100 million, play through high school age, you've developed a fan base and physiologically and mentally, those kids that play sports longer are better in the long term with their quality of life and the way they handle stress and anxiety in normal world conditions. So it's all a perfect fit in my mind. We'll just see how lucky we can get. An important message for parents and people, it's not about college scholarships and making it to the professionals. There's more to sports than just that, including a big psychological part. That is a great phrase. And we use, we call it the power of play. If, if you can, can, like, if at your age, if you still have fun going out and hitting the golf ball, you know, you may not be PGA, you know, handicapped, but if you're going out and having fun and you're playing sports, that's what this world needs. Well, it's the Mustard app. It's uh, Tom House. He didn't even let me call him Dr. Tom House, but uh, that, was a, that was a real joy. I wish we had another 20 minutes or so, but uh, happy holidays to you and your family. Good luck with this. Thank you very much, Brett. Thanks for having us on. A uh, pretty interesting conversation. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I had a blast uh, talking to Tom House. He's brilliant man go read some articles about him unbelievable stuff like he was in the bullpen and caught hank aaron's 715th home run yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the time so Same. he even said it and i didn't include this part but he's been in the right place at the right time in a lot of different phases of his life mm-hmm. uh he, he admits to that and that's the working with brady and breeze and so i really wanted to have him on to talk about the quarterbacks because i knew he had 
done that, but it ended up being a little bit more about youth sports, like that last part. Mm-hmm. Very interesting to the mental health of kids mm-hmm. to play sports, you know, or do something else. But uh, he's a believer in that. I, I think most people that surround ourselves with sports are a believer in that, that, hey, go play ball, go play. Doesn't have to be travel ball. Doesn't have to be high school ball. Go play rec ball. Go play with the kids down the street, right? Mm-hmm. Those kind of things that are get away from the video games for at least a little bit, perhaps, you know. Um, I think it was interesting to hear him put those numbers out there. That yeah. 80%, if there are 100, what do you say, 100 million athletes and kids that play sports, but 80% are 14. done by the age of 14? That surprised me. Uh, it really surprised me. It, it yeah. shows you, I guess, how many don't play high school. I didn't realize the number would be that significant. Um, and quite frankly, that might also be on the competitive nature of high school sports now. There's not as be, many spots open for people. It, it could be, but, but interesting. Those numbers blew me away because, like, to me, once you get to high school, I mean, it's still fun. Like, right, but let's be honest. When you're playing Pop Warner, you're playing Little League, it's, it's all about having fun, you know, learning the Absolutely. life lessons. But, like, the older that you get, especially when you get to be 14 and 15 years old, that's when, in my opinion, the real-life lessons of sports start coming into play a little bit. Now not everybody gets to start, right? Not everybody gets playing time. Sometimes you're on the bench, right? Sometimes there's politics involved. That's where you grow, I think, not only as an athlete, but also as an individual and get ready for society. And that's from a physical standpoint where the playing field gets more even. So that person that you used to be better than because you're bigger than or just because you were better, they've now gotten better. They put more work in or they've grown up or any of those things. So it's pretty fascinating. I'll tell you what, though, man. I think you're doing the podcast world a disservice by not having your own podcast with this guy because, I mean, obviously your finger's on the pulse. You know what you're talking about. And he's so knowledgeable. He has your little podcast going on. Yeah, he probably already has one. I don't think he needs me. It's a good point. it's it, no, I know that. That's for sure. <laughs> You're very uh, perceptive on what's going on in our world. <laughs> I didn't did tell Brent, you guys. Brent Martin, uh, yeah. boom, See right that? there for the opener. Doctor Tom House said that opener. about me. Very perceptive. I mean, I don't know what's been more impressive this year. Doctor Tom House saying that about Brent or Dana White saying that was a good question. <laughs> Horse piece? That's a good point. Yeah, Uh, probably means means the same thing to both of us. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, We will have a little year interview in a moment. But his thought, uh, he said something that was interesting though. Again, he's worked with Brady and Breeze and other quarterbacks, and he's really a baseball guy that's worked with 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 the football side. And there's some great stories about Brady and and Tom House. But he mentioned he said a lot of guys check the boxes. I did this interview actually a couple weeks ago, um, and we just hadn't played it yet. So I didn't – the Trevor Lawrence stuff wasn't as top of mind. It was more like who could they pick in the quarterbacks and what will they be looking at from a GM perspective. And um, he said a lot of the physical tools all these guys have. Like that's easy. That's the easy part, the physical tools. It's what they have upstairs. And it, it hit me again because we talk about that a lot. We think the most important part of the process. Now, listen, the Jags, don't, it don't look like they're going to have to do mega homework here. They yeah. got Trevor Lawrence, it looks like. But what we don't know about Trevor Lawrence is the mental side. Like, what's his makeup? How will he handle failure? He has not failed much. Mm-hmm. He has not. He's won a ton. He's lost like five times in his life. Mm-hmm. So how will he handle failure and adversity? We don't know those kind of things. And so I think that's what that's, those some of the things that the Jags have to do over the next few months. Find out who this guy is internally yeah. because he's about to experience some things that he's never experienced before. I remember this, I think, took place during the combine. And we had a little scenario where I was a, a scout. And I, what, what's the first question I would ask You know the, the players I'm interested in? And this advice for Trevor Lawrence as well. Like, you're right. Trevor Lawrence has always been a front runner. He's always been a winner. 
but what can you poke and prod him to know, hey, what do we need to do to give you the best situation possible in Jacksonville? And I go back to my very first question that I asked if I was a scout at the Combine. I would ask, how do you learn information? How do you process information? Is it on the board? Is it, you know, doing it yourself? Is it watching video? Because that way, you know what kind of learner he is. You know what kind of learner he is, you get the best out of it. Yeah, very well It's a said. very important thing. Hey, 2020 is coming to an end. This will be our last show of 2020. We'll be off the rest of the week. Uh, so happy New Year to everybody. But before we go, we have uh, about a half hour to go. And uh, a little 2020 in review. What a year it's been. Glad to see the calendar turn. Ends on a high note here in Jacksonville. Because this place is buzzing about Trevor Lawrence. But what else happened here over the last 12 months? Been a long 12 months. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. It's, it's, there's three islands, and it can be very nice and lucrative, by the way. You could be a huge winner, but you could be a huge loser, too. You might not have a boat to get home. Austin Lane. Well, I like that, now. I love that analogy. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I just had dinner with Coach Meyer this past Friday, and, you know, the questions kind of came up about back coaching and things like that, and um, not saying he said yes, not saying he said no, but I think for him to have success in the NFL, and I think he would agree with the comment that I'm going to make, he would have to have more of a role like a Bill O'Brien with kind of the head coach so he can get his guys in there so he can, you know, do, or, or along as him and the GM is on a, on a pretty much the same wavelength when it comes to the um, identity of the team and in and, and a direction, because Coach Meyer is a, is a big control guy, and uh, he loves to have his blueprint and his footprint on almost any and everything he does with the uh, program and organization. So I think if that right organization is willing to kind of give the keys to a guy who, who haven't had experience coaching at the NFL level, um, I think he can be successful. That is Cardell Jones, former NFL quarterback, former Ohio State Buckeye, played for Urban Meyer, just had dinner with him last week, apparently. Hmm. I said Urban picked up the uh, check. As he should. He was on ESPN earlier today. It was interesting to hear him say that. And I was thinking of this today about Urban. He was such a good recruiter. Does that mean he knows what it takes talent-wise from a talent evaluation standpoint to win in the NFL? Is there any translation there? I mean, it's hard to say, right? Like, there has to be some kind of correlation. It's still the same game. But it's like I've always said, the NFL, it's a... It's the same animal, but a different type of beast. Yeah, it, I, I, I understand that. It, like, I kind of feel like you're sitting on the fence for me here. Sorry, man. But, I mean, what do you want me to tell you? Well, no, but I understand why. Like, I, I don't think you're wrong. I just, like, the guy knows how to win. He, he go get, he's getting blue chip guys at Ohio State and Florida, and they're winning games. Yeah. He's getting the, he knows how to get the best players. Uh, he also has two very good programs to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean if you had the choice to get five players in free agency yeah. and eight players in a draft, you'd know which 13 to take. Because what we don't talk about in college is the guys they miss because they have so many five stars, yeah. so many four stars or got lucky with a three star that we talk about those because there's, well, 25 a year to choose from. And so if you miss five or six, we can still talk about the other 20. In the NFL, if you miss the five free agents, if you miss the eight draft picks, well, if you miss half of those 13, you're going to pay for that most likely, and we're going to know about it. No, without a doubt. I guess like the reason why I'm on the fence is because, and listen, I can't really remember what happened when Urban Meyer first got to Florida. Like I think 
from the get-go, he, so he had some success right away, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, the Coming first from Utah. year was a little quiet, and then okay. after that, it was it was game on. But it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like ever like a, a, a horrible losing season. And then we see Ohio State, what happened there. So, like, the reason why I'm on the fence about it is because, listen, I've never seen this guy not have success. <clears throat> so I don't know what's going to happen if he doesn't have success right away. Like, I don't know what happens if he doesn't have his guys just because I've never seen it before. So it's, it's hard for me to speculate and comment on it just because we've never seen it. Yeah, uh, the guy knows how to win. I, I, I wrestle with this. I'm like, okay, Shad, what's the smart move here? Go with Urban Meyer. It would be fun, exciting. The guy doesn't lose but could have drama. Might not work out because he's never done the NFL thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, Marvin Lewis seems kind of boring. I don't know if he can win big. Uh, Jim Caldwell, he's one, but I don't know. Is he too uh, – this guy's too old now, or, or is it, is it going to be the game passed him by? Did they know how to – I'm wrestling with it, man. And, again, I if he – We'll see what happens. Like, is Sala in play? I really feel like I like Robert Sala if he gets me a good offensive coordinator to go with Trevor Lawrence. It's tough. It, it's it, What's interesting about the Jags mm-hmm. and what Rashad got, I think he's going to have a tough decision to make because there are going to be so many suitors and so many different people in play. Urban's different than Jim Caldwell, Marvin Lewis is different than Sala, is different than Dable and Arthur Smith. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got buckets all over the place, and you got to pick the right one. All right, listen, uh, this is it for us. Uh, not doing yeah. a show tomorrow or, or the rest of the week on New Year's Eve and, and New Year's Day, unless something crazy happens like last year when we had an emergency show when Caldwell and Marone were, were asked back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't anticipate any word until after the game on Sunday and into Monday. And, of course, we'll be back uh, for what is Black Monday in the NFL, and probably will be Black Monday around here in Jacksonville for Doug Marone. 2020 is almost in the books. It's interesting, right? Around Jacksonville, 2020 overall will go down as one of the worst years of anybody's lives. Yeah. Uh, Anybody. In Jacksonville, it's miserable for a long part of it, especially when it comes to football. Mm -hmm. And now, all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks have been euphoric. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) You know? It's like, the Jags are playing again this week? Who cares, right? (laughs) Get me to April 20-whatever for the draft. Yeah. 121 days left until the draft. But who's Who counting? cares about five more days until Indianapolis? But who's counting? So it's really interesting. The pandemic, Black yeah. Lives Matter, protests, yeah. uh, sports stopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I even get to the local side of it, just those kind of three things, uh, obviously related pandemic and sports stopping, those are the two headlines, right, of, of 2020. We'll always remember it for the time sports stood still. I mean, we were at the Players' Championship. The NBA had stopped. Yeah. But I'll also remember it for sports persevering and pushing through. The only thing that really didn't happen that was huge was March Madness. Correct. And that happens in a few weeks. If they could have somehow, if that was a season-long endeavor, they probably would have figured it out. Mm-hmm. But anybody that had a season essentially played a season, unless we're talking about college sports as well and, and high school sports that actually shut down in the spring. But it was pretty remarkable if you go all the way back to March, which feels like 12 years ago, You're not lying. that sports stopped and kind of stopped here. Uh, yes, we heard about the NBA, but also the Players' Championship, one of the big global events, boom, called it off. It, it was absolutely insane because the Players' Championship, I mean, I went to that you know, yearly with the show, and then I've been to it a couple times um, when I played for the Jaguars. And I, I understood, I mean, I'm not a golfing guy, but I know how big the Players' Championship is. And for whatever reason, despite all the rumors and stuff like that, I always just thought that, listen, this thing's too big to ever get closed down. Like, I get there's this, you know, this pandemic thing that's going on. Everyone's talking about it, but they're not going to shut it down. Well, lo and behold, they did. 
Then they canceled WrestleMania, and then we made show history. We did. We made show history. <laughs> we had more people on than ever there, before. There, I had to keep talking other, about WrestleMania. What other show <laughs> is going to talk about WrestleMania at the Players' Championship? Find me that show right now. You right. can't do it besides us. It's so, kind of like making a movie and writing an article right before the show. But, I mean, we did that yeah, today. But it was almost, and I, I remember that, and it was almost so surreal, though, right? Because we're there, and we're going through, and we're like, hey, we're not coming back tomorrow. This thing's called off. Yeah. And then I remember probably a couple months later, and this was your genius idea, oh. we, we went to UNF, and we sat in yes. the middle of the field. Good call. I forgot and about that. And like that, that really, like I mean, I get it. Like We knew the tournament was going to cancel into the NCAA tournament, and like yeah, all that stuff was happening. But like until I was on that field, I really felt the impact, because there's supposed to be baseball playing right now. And it's it's a ghost town yep. on this field, and that's where it really hit home for me. That's a great point because what we tried to do, we did a, that show. Oh, it was is, powerful. Is we went to a place where sports had stopped. Yeah, and that was college athletics. It was high school athletics. It it, it by that time had been everywhere. Mm -hmm. But what we tried to do, even on TV and CBS 47 and Fox 30, I remember in our early show, our six o'clock edition of that show, mm -hmm. we would go to all different places that normally would have sports. We did it for about a three week span. Yeah. Almost every night, we would go to a ball field where they might be playing little league. We'd go mm -hmm. to a uh, sand volleyball where they had a UNF game, you know, scheduled, or uh, go out in front of the arena where there was supposed to be something going. On. You know, any of those kind of things. And yeah. and so because we didn't know how to visualize or capture the fact that sports had stopped there was no scoreboard yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, everything yeah. was turned off and and it is a wild thing to say that we got to this point that we had football mm -hmm. you know and we had an unbelievable baseball postseason i thought mm -hmm. we had a, a nice run in the nba playoffs with lebron james and the lakers in a year that kobe bryant died yep. you know so and, and i'm gonna leave out a bunch but you mm -hmm. get my point we all those moments that we had and how much for our mental health it feels like we need sports. We need to argue about sports. We need to talk sports. We need fantasy football. We need to gamble on sports. We Whatever it might be. Yeah. We need sports on uh, in in our homes, in our lives for so many. Not everybody. Mm -hmm. It's the strangest thing. Yeah. But not everybody watches sports. It's well, weird. It feels like everybody does. But you can see, meet some people and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like they don't pay attention. Those people probably paying attention to politics or something else. Correct. Which is fine, but a lot of people pay attention to sports and to to at least have some of it in 2020. Um, and how people found a way to do it is is admirable. USC yeah. opened up to the world sports live sporting events once again right here in Jacksonville. Mm. You went to that, yeah, and, and you know, and and we found out that listen, when we were all quarantined and we weren't living normal lives, a lot of us turned back to sports because it was there. It was it was the one constant. It was like that warm blanket where it's like. Man, I don't care if it's Korean baseball, whatever it is. Like, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about this because, like, I'm accustomed to this, right? And it's crazy because the lines were blurred a little bit. Like, yes, we relied on sports to take our mind off things. But this year, I'll remember, too, is that sports actually pushed the boundaries of, of the social conversation. When we're talking about racial injustice, obviously, we didn't think of these guys as athletes anymore. Now, these are leaders, right? These are leaders of society. Um, and it was really cool when I could show my son, like, hey, listen, the Jacksonville Jaguars, your, your team that you cheer for, guess what they did? They're one of the very first teams, the very first professional sports team mm -hmm. in the NFL to march on racial injustice. I was out there, man. Rones, I had my sign and everything. I'm like, Juwan Taylor was there. I'm not sure why your Juwan Taylor fans 
still, but whatever. But he's out there. He's an offensive lineman. But I saw him there, and, and I saw Leonard Fournette there, and like the whole city was rallying behind it. So like, you know, it's one thing because obviously through those times you have to be a parent, right? You have to have those hard conversations with your children. But at the same time, it also means so much more when you can see some of your heroes, the people that you cheer for, um, believing in the same things that you do. So that was a really cool moment I'll take with me this year as well. Well, and obviously it was a big part. We talked in, we did sports radio for, I don't know how long the time frame was, two months with the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement protests, a lot going on (laughs) in our world that really wasn't talking about should the Jags draft a quarterback or Gardner Minshew stinks this week or any of that kind of stuff, you know? And it was, um, it was one of the most interesting times of my career, of course. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, probably if, if we're being honest, as a white male, mm-hmm. probably one of the most challenging times, but eye-opening times yeah. that led to great conversation yeah. throughout the year. But what I would ask you when I ask this question, and you can answer it more than I can, did those events, yeah, the protests, mm-hmm. uh, the voice of the athlete, mm-hmm. From a political standpoint, from a social injustice standpoint, yep. has it sparked change? Will it continue to have an impact? Yeah. Or is it a story of 2020 that will now go away as we get into 2021? Because there's an important part of that that you don't want to happen. There was a lot of sweat and blood and everything else put into those yeah. conversations by so many people to spark change that will last, not just be part of the calendar year. So in that moment, it was special because you didn't feel alone. You, you felt like, you know, people that maybe made more money than you that are on TV, they also had your back. At least that's how I felt. And in having our back, we had the conversation, but we had it on our own show. Like that was one of my proudest days in the show so far was talking about it because not everybody was want to talk about it. It's not easy to talk about, but we were doing it. As we progress now to 2021, it's a great question. And I'm just going to say it like this. When I watch a football game, I still see Black Lives Matter, or it takes all of us on the back of helmets, right? And the whole point is for the conversation to keep going. Maybe if you don't even notice it, like, right at the moment, but, like, subconsciously you notice it, that's progress. So as long as you keep the conversation going, we keep noticing there's a problem in this country, we can do better. That's progress. That's what you should be all about. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens in 2021 in that regard. I'm not done revisiting. Those are the big, big, big yeah. headlines yeah. of 2020. But what happened at a local level? Seriously, what happened with the Jags? How how franchise future changing is this year mm-hmm. in a nutshell? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp go to AAA. Does it mean anything? You know, those kind of stories from a local level. We'll touch on a few more before we say goodbye to 2020 here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. All right, welcome back. Uh, a few more minutes to go here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Because I'll forget to do this, a big thank you to everybody that listens to the show, watches the show, has fun with the show. And we've, we've uh, really grown the show thanks to you. Um, so we appreciate it. And over 2 million views on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, uh, which is where we present the show uh, each and every day from 3 to 6. Uh, also in your car, of course, ESPN690.com, a smart speaker, all different apps, Tons of different platforms, uh, and the show is uh, is growing, and still the lights are on. I guess that's the bigger thing. We're going to come yeah. back in January, and we're approaching two years of the show. Quite honestly, not sure I thought we'd make it that far. The fact that I could keep a job for two years besides playing football <laughs> and fighting in a cage is beyond me, man. So hey, I'm just glad to be a part of it. The two years in 
we're catching up on the radio side to the football career. We are, man. <laughs> we are. I, you know what? And I probably uh, and I probably accomplished a lot more on the radio side than I did on the football field. <laughs> three and a half sacks, everybody. Three and a half. You, you, three, you, three and a half sacks, everybody. You sacked me a couple of times, but not quite three and a half. Uh, maybe you need to get coos here. Yeah. So yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. So we do appreciate everybody, all that sappy good stuff. But hey, it's part of it. We need to grow the show. We need to keep working on the show, and and uh, it's a, it's a slow build. It's a slow build, it's man. A slow but build. We always but... got to support the fans, or you know, as I guess uh, Stephen's calling them now the syndicate. I guess Stephen came up with that now. Did Stephen come up with that? Did, that's I mean, okay. It's all good though, man. You know, the lines get blurred sometimes. <laughs> but but no, he's for a real, believer I mean, in it though. No, he is a believer in it, and I appreciate that. But at the end of the day, like you know, they're 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 the blood of the show. I mean, they make us go. And as long as they're still listening, hopefully we'll still be on. We've had some uh, great interaction this year. It's been a lot of fun. And, and I really think we're on the doorstep of something that's going to be a lot of fun. 21 is yeah. going to be a great year in Jacksonville. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, got lucky with the, the, the number one pick and Trevor Lawrence. There's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. And, and it almost doesn't matter record, although you obviously don't want one in 15 again, most likely. But, you know. It, it doesn't mean you have to go to the Super Bowl. That's not that kind. You know, 2018 was fun because of the anticipation. Yeah. That year going into it, it's like, oh, man, maybe they can do this again. Do they take the next step? But this is different. This is more fun for the next three, four, five years. Like the organization might be changing. Yeah. And so I, I really well, like that idea of an off season that, quite frankly, I've never covered one like this in 20 years in the business. And we definitely haven't had one like this in 12 years I've been here in Jacksonville. It is going to be new, but... Fun is a good word because it, there's going to be an energy about it. And let's be honest, coming from last year, you know, you had the Jalen Ramsey stuff, the Tom Coughlin stuff, and it was just, it was a bunch of bad optics. Now, to be fair, that helped our viewership because people had to had to rabble about it, and, and I'm all for that. I True. mean, we're, we're talk about it all. We need more feuds. But exactly, but from a from a standpoint of nice, from, from a standpoint of covering it, you know, um, it was noticeable. I mean, it was just there was bad optics everywhere. Yeah. This seems like kind of the first time now going in this new year because we still have a, a head coaching search to talk about. We got a new GM coming, and obviously that draft's coming up as well. There's so much more, I think, feel like positive stuff to talk about where we have good optics finally. Now, obviously, the national media wants to hate a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Let them hate. It's all good. I got more videos on deck. Come at me if you want to. But I'm saying for the first time in a long time, Brent, it seems like we got positive stuff to talk about, and yeah. people are going to rally behind it. And real. It's not real, just yeah. it, that's real stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. Jags are set up nicely. There's a lot of energy and positive momentum, mm-hmm. and that's not just sunshine and rainbows. That's like every any organization that would have this in front of them would be getting pretty excited. Absolutely. The fan base would get excited. The city would get excited, and I think that's what's cool. It, it definitely has a different feel. Uh, let me shameless plug this uh, one more time. In 2020, go to ESPN690.com. Wrote an article there today. Uh, go check out Austin's video, by the way, which is doing uh, great things on on Twitter. Uh, check out his Twitter feed because it was fantastic. Best thing Austin's done. He saved it till December 29th, it's the only 2020. Thing I've done this year. Yeah, um, but it was unbelievable and really well done. Uh, but while you're on ESPN690.com, you can read that article, but you can also go check out the Dream 18 card. Uh, if you are needed a gift still and you're still in, in the gift-giving stage of 2020, <laughs> or if you like golf, uh, discounts all over the place there. And our Deck the Doors campaign uh, closes out tomorrow. So uh, we're about $100 away from reaching our goal. If you could uh, have it in you to give 5 bucks to... Ronald McDonald's House Charities in Jacksonville. Go check it out on ESPN690.com. Hopefully 21 will be unbelievable. I know 20 was tough on so many. Uh, so uh, best wishes to you and your family and, and everything that's happening in, in your lives. And 
Now we get to talk some fun stuff with the Jacksonville Jaguars moving forward in 21. Uh, I, I'm reading all the mentions on your video today, which yeah. is really good. Oh, i yeah. got to find the part about the London. That's uh, in the beginning. That's when actually it's like saw right They did happened. tag all the national guys, said Duval's coming for you all. Brent, you got any Hall- uh, Halloween? You got any New Year's resolutions? No, nah, I don't really do Coos, that. resolutions? Start going to the gym more. <laughs> there you go, man. Who's getting married in, in 21? Yeah. Yeah, man. wait. Oh, I, uh, we're going to run out of time. You got time? You're, you're on the board? I beef with all the Christmas ornaments that say our first Christmas engaged. I don't plan on having a second Christmas engaged. <laughs> That's a good point. So what do you know That's that I point. don't? Well, you haven't had a bachelor party yet. Just saying. <laughs> but, hey, just remember, I had never even heard of a an engagement party. Before this year. Yeah. Like, you point. have to do that now. <laughs> There's a lot of new things. Party, ornaments, all the rest. Uh, we'll have a bunch of bowl games on ESPN 690. You can check those out for the next couple of days. Uh, Florida State basketball coming up as well. And live local loud. Make sure you tune into those guys next. Coos, Brent, Happy New Year. Stay casual. And I'll see you guys on the other side. Absolutely. Happy New Year to you guys as well. Check us out on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. One more game, Jacksonville Jaguars fans, coming up on Sunday. And then it's a whole new era in Jacksonville. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.